0: Greetings and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode,
1: host Koril Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long
0: as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the
1: podcast.
0: Suggest just um, keeping this like casual thing uh, going and you uh, sure. go into a lot of like very uh, official things so uh, Marcin if you could maybe do a little intro tell us a little bit about what your company does you know where you based how big is the team these kind of things
1: sure so uh, our company is called Sinteract and we have started um, like in 2015 Uh, We started as a company that was specialized in creating uh, training simulators. Uh, What does Mm. it mean? For example, in 2016, we worked with a U.S. company and we created train simulator that guys in Texas were learning how to drive a train uh, on that. So we were like a specialized uh, software house. That was uh, focused on this training simulator. At some point, we um, decided, okay, that this is uh, you know interesting to have a few big clients, but still, it's it could be quite risky because you know if anything happens on the side of, of your client and you have just a few big of them, it can affect you directly. Uh, so uh, we decided to move to our own products, and uh, we did it in the twofold approach. So. At the beginning, uh, you know, still simulators, uh, because uh, it was in our DNA and so on. And we started to creating something called Traffic AI. It's intelligent traffic system, it's like an external library or, you know, software that you can connect to your game or simulator. And it puts cars that act like in real world in your virtual world. Uh, and uh, it happened to be quite a robust technology. We started to work with a company called Active, uh, the Polish subsidiary of the, of the company, the you know, mother company is on the New York stock market and so on, so quite a big company. Uh, and we, together with the, the internal team, we started to creating an um, um, environment tool that was for testing and teaching uh, autonomous cars. So this is this was something really. Uh, from in 2019, we we signed with them. So there was a few phases of, of this project, but it's super exciting because you know we put something small from our side to to add to this autonomous cars uh, efforts. And Aptive works with Hyundai. It it, it works with uh, Volkswagen. So you know the big um, automobile companies that are figuring out how to do a, an autonomous cars so the environment that um, those, those intelligent algorithms were test and uh, taught uh, we we did it with active and parallelly we uh, you know so sh- that uh, in our team there is a lot of people with gaming uh, experience because you know creating the games in the gaming engine and creating the simulators in the gaming engine are pretty the same at the end from the technological point of view you know games not only about technology Obviously, so we expand our team, and we decided because we are all gamers too. We've got our you know favorite genres and so on. For example, I love strategy games. I try to not to to, to play too much because I'm sinking into it. But we stick stick to our DNA. We stick to our DNA like simulator simulation games, vehicle simulation games, and in 2019 we also signed an agreement with a um, publisher called nakon they are from france uh, and we are working with them and yeah it's it's uh, now it's official so we are working with them on the train simulator but not as a training train train simulator but for you know, more casual more mid-core players we want it to be quite uh, widely distributed and so on uh, except for, you know we are creating this training simulator but also last year we uh, gather a a founding ground and we started we have been doing uh, another game called carpool simulator and carpool simulator is like you know uber lyft simulators so you are a driver you are driving people around a real cities in the real city traffic so you know dots connects connect here because we've got this super realistic traffic ai library along with that we have created something called city generator so we are able to generate cities uh, almost in fly from the open data. Obviously, uh, level artists, level designers needs to put it all together and make it more beautiful. But it makes it much, much more easier and faster to create it that way. Uh, We are based in Poland. um, We've got three offices. uh, The biggest one is in Krakow. This is the gaming office. We've got almost 50 people on board right now. Uh, Most of them right now are focusing on the gaming because we shifted um, that way. Uh, Here in Poland is amazing environment for growing like a gaming company. There is like uh, a lot of uh, interesting people, a lot of people that deliver something global uh, and so on, and a lot of business angels that are quite clever guys and golf, so this is pretty cool. And um, uh, in like a month and a half, we uh, became a public company because we had IPO. Thank you, thank you you. it's it's like it's a new connect Polish stock market So it's uh, for a bit smaller companies Uh, But you know we've we made our first step for this uh, 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 Main uh, stock market and it it was really exciting because we worked on that For quite a long of time and and yeah, the team was super, you know excited about that Yeah, Uh, Yeah,
0: I think it's a huge relief relief when this finally happens and everybody's like, Oof.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <my> God, yeah.
0: <laughs> great, great. I'm very happy for you. So thank you. Um, Just for someone who's listening who's not really aware, the situation where games and simulation kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, we've seen right. examples in a lot of different companies where when people were working like at Electronic Arts and they were building games, and then they got hired by someone who's doing autonomous cars or yeah. Tesla. They are hiring people who can do algorithm. And a lot of them are actually hiring people who can do environments and especially someone who can do procedural stuff and, you know, like build them from formulas and generate spaces where basically the cars are going to learn how to drive. And uh, there's like, we, we can create like a bunch of different situations for, for these virtual vehicles, which for big data, like for neural networks, I think it's super important to have that variety, and uh, that's kind of like the area where you were working for, um, for a while. But it's very interesting to me to learn that you are actually not abandoning games. Absolutely. I wanted to think that after the success with simulations and if uh, somebody wants to check out there's a website with a bunch of like visuals and videos, and you can go ahead and um learn there's, it's it's all amazing work. I'm just saying it from the perspective of a person who is mostly you know uh, uh, kind of in, in absorbed in this uh in this kind of like high tech stuff and right. once I saw your traffic system, I thought it was amazing that from the point of view just of like sheer um, you know, just looking at it, it looks like an aquarium. It's just, you know, you know the like cars going around and there's like a bunch of stuff going on. That's very interesting. But also the idea that you are actually, with this system, you're creating very complex systems. It's not just like um, a highway or something. It's like interconnected masses of roads. And the amazing thing is that the vehicles there actually have some logic behind it. I, it right. would be nice if you could, Maybe talk a little bit about like what were, like what were the first steps that kind of guided you in that direction? Because I have seen a very similar project created, I think, a couple of years ago with Houdini, where there was this guy and he created a sort of like an intersection or something like that with, with the with the vehicle movement. And so I'm wondering how did this. And what was like the first spark of an idea, the first spark of technology that kind of went in the beginning, and how did you kind of scale it and build it from there?
1: You know, in fact, it was uh, from the market. So we actually talked with our clients. We've got this project uh, with trains. We, we talked with other clients. We created some similar project. And at some point, someone asked, okay, guys, we've got this world. We can uh, fill it with, with trains and so on and so on. But still, we need some cars, right? Uh, can you provide something like that? And uh, back then we we were like, okay, sure, it couldn't be that that uh, difficult to create something which you know in like intersection, but not with other cars, but trains. And actually, it it was quite uh, a nice project. We decided, okay, that's interesting. We uh, followed up a bit, and it happened that you know um, companies around the world had the same issue with that. There was no library. And uh, that was good enough for for simulation purposes. So um, we decided, okay, th- there is uh, some investment needed, and we do it um, uh, to fault once again. Uh, the one uh, source of investment was some VC fund. Uh, great guys, we worked with them for for a couple of years, and and it was you know sometimes they are like a couple, they are like a part of the team when the when the times are uh, a bit tougher. And the second uh, part was a uh, uh, grant from EU EU program. So uh, we were able to put together like um, uh, six uh, talented programmers that for over the year they were figuring out how, to, how this system in the city environment should work uh, like. Uh, and it was much more difficult than we anticipated at the very beginning because, you know, uh, we started with some different ideas, starting from a uh, full scenario, like a decision tree, but it was too, too less, right? We also tried to uh, teach the cars how to ride using neural networks, but it was too unpredictable. So we didn't know how to, you know, we, we can't uh, make those cars do things that we would like to do at some, some points. So we ended up with um, a mixed approach. It is called utility AI approach. So it's um, based on the needs. So each car has a need for something. So if the need of uh, driving forward because of the situation is the highest, so the car will drive forward. But if the, there is a need that there showed up a need of turning right, turning left, stopping on the uh, uh, red sign and so on, the car will stop because the need is higher than driving forward and to, around this we put together something that is uh, quite intelligent still and uh, still we have um, a huge impact on what the single car can do uh, and we did it in the quite open approach because uh, we knew from the simulation um, um, industry that there is so fragmented there is a lot of uh, systems that that uh, Uh, those companies were using. So we needed to create something which will fit uh, each system no matter what. So also it fits Unreal, it fits uh, Unity, some uh, build on-site systems, engines, uh, and so on. But now we can use it also in our game development. So the library, very same library that was created for testing and uh, teaching autonomous cars Uh, or or it was used for that in fact at the beginning it wasn't designed for that we just wanted to have environment that is that is alive but it was so so robust that we could could use it to test and and autonomous cars Uh, very same library now we we will are using it to create a game which gives you the possibility to you know immerse into uh, real world cities because we will be creating the, the cities based on open data. Uh, and it is also quite fast, because we've got a ton of tools uh, for that, too. So it, it's interesting what you mentioned, that
0: basically simulation is not one kind of like a magic thing, where you just pop the number, and everything starts working together. It's like a, it's a library of different elements that have to work together. Like with the traffic system, you have some kind of set of rules that allow the cars to move around. You have neural part of it where the kind the cars sort of think. But at the same time, you also have an agent, right? And that agent has a specific purpose. So he wants to get somewhere faster or, he, or he's like more laid back or he wants to take a detour or there's like a navigation system involved and, uh, you know, g- destinations and so on. So when people are thinking about... Uh, simulation, they, I think a lot of them are thinking that it'd be like a very sim- simplistic terms. You know what I mean? Right. They, they think yeah. that if we're, if we're doing simulation, oh, it's just someone's going to build like drop a node and try to do you know, create something out of like whatever it was a little bit of visual programming. but it's actually a bunch of different elements that have to work together. So therefore I think it's like incredibly complicated overall. So I'm wondering how do you manage this complexity in, in, in both in the development, but also in teaching people kind of how to use it? Because as far as I understand, like the traffic system is a product, right? So you can sell it to anyone and everybody kind of have to learn how to use it. So how do you kind of guide the, the users so or potential users through this process? How do they adapt it?
1: sure so uh, first of all we've got you know a really talented team on board and our development team is uh, you know those are people who love not only uh, creating stuff but also creating new stuff so we are using all the new languages like uh, uh rust for example it was call of our uh, head of development adam back a few years uh, and he said okay we've got something which looks like uh, the C++ piece, but uh, it's faster, better and more modern. So should we go for it? And we, we discussed it and, and uh, we, we did go for it. Uh, and at the end, it uh, attracts uh, a lot of talents because people are, are loving this new language because it's much more comfortable than C++ and so on. So we can do it faster. We can add new, new things faster, even if they are quite complex. Um you mentioned about those clients that are interested in traffic ai so this is not like a library that you can find uh, on unity store or unreal store for a couple of bucks or something like that uh, because the library is quite complex and it's it serves as a um, uh, you know could serve as a base for simulators professional simulators and so on uh, the price is quite higher so we also support our clients we can afford that to support our clients with uh, Use um, you know, some guidance, some maintenance, um, and so on. Still, the library is quite complex, and we're still working on that uh, to make it uh, a bit easier. It has quite comfortable API, um, so uh, people can connect their systems via this API. It's quite well documented, and we are we are working on this system all the time, and you know, not only growing the system but also using the system for. For our clients, so there is two-way uh, approach. One of it, one uh, one of uh, the way is just selling the license for the library and supporting someone who is working on that. Then the second one is okay, guys. We've got this library. You've got this need. We can do it together. So on top of this library, there is additional you know, service. Let's say so we are building something together, like with Aptiv and it's super efficient. Uh, so that's that's the approach here. And to, you mentioned also Houdini, right? So this is something that we, we are using a lot, uh, not only for traffic AI system, but also for, for our generators. So we can uh, generate buildings, you know, just drawing the basic shape on the floor of your scene. Uh, Houdini is generating it and putting it uh, instantly in the Unreal Engine. So uh, it, it looks quite nice. Uh, we can also generate terrains, so you don't need to carve the terrain, uh, you know, um, by hand. But you just spraying around the different colors. For example, you know, the yellow is uh, like a meadows. The blue is it should be lake here. The red is uh, mountains, and uh, it goes through Houdini and get back to Unreal almost on fly, and you get like a terrain with mountains which are generated. Based on those colors, and then there you have leg, which is quite cool, and it's super optimized as well. Uh, I, I like this story because uh, our uh, art director uh, Arthur, uh, he was doing PhD in mathematics, so it is quite wow. unusual. <laughs> yeah, because because he's art director, so he he had he has like a um, sense for for you know beauty and so on, creating beautiful stuff, but also for these mathematics formulas and he's like the biggest brain in our company from H- for Houdini, uh, I, will, I would risk that he's the biggest brain in Poland for, for Houdini because you know, we, we are using it on a daily basis for a couple of years and we are um, uh, quite an expert in that. So uh, behind those systems, uh, there is a need each time. We wanted to be able to generate the, the huge words quickly so we created a, a, you know, procedure in the Houdini that allows us connected to Unreal because we are using Unreal, using our different system and so on. And it's, uh, yeah, this is this is uh, something what we would like to do. So you know, uh, with each game, each project, we are adding new tool to our mm-hmm. stack. Mm-hmm. So using the same amount of money, the same um, the same number of people, we can each year do something better and better
0: yeah I think one of the kind of like competitive advantages that companies like yours have is that you're in kind of in both markets right so you're selling the license and the same you're at the same time you're making a game so when you're improving the the product that you're selling with a license you kind of improve it from the knowledge that you get from building the game and that's kind of the system we see a lot in uh, like Epic Games is doing this. And if you compare like Epic Games and Unity, and I had this conversations a lot on, on different I'm not I'm not for any company. I'm, I'm trying to stay like in the sure. in the middle ground there. But a lot of developers feel that, well, Unity is not actually developing games. Right. They are like they're just selling their the system and you know, their like uh, services and that that's great. But they're not they, they're not in the you know in the dirt, so to speak. Right. right? Exactly. While, while when you're speaking with uh, Epic, they're like they really understand what you're talking about, right? Because they right. have the same problems. And I guess the success that are they are having like with Fortnite, it, it's hard to figure out. Like maybe it's kind of the consequences of their tech, but maybe their tech is the consequences of the previous games that they've done before, like with Gears of War and so on. So my question is kind of like it was like a a, a long prelude to that on um, there there are other companies who are doing similar things right so and um, there are bigger companies where there are like internal teams that are doing similar things that you're doing because I know a lot of Houdini experts, like we write we've been writing a lot about them on uh, eighty level. All incredible people, as you said, like big brains and uh, amazing, and they are all kind of tinkering with it and trying to figure to, to solve basically the same problem. So simulations, generation, and uh, basically building worlds with math. So my question is, since you are already on stock exchange, you must know this question. So what are your main competitive advantages? Why are why are you kind of poised? Positions for growth, and what are like the, the next thing that you kind of perform to kind of like create bigger products and you know, sell more, more of them and so on?
1: Right, right. So, yeah, that's that's a good question. This is the question I needed to answer a lot before the, the IPO, definitely. So, good call here. Uh, yeah, definitely. We you know, we've been doing that for like uh, five years right now. So, from the very beginning, we we wanted to generate as much as possible because it was faster and, uh, and, and cheaper, in fact, you know, to do it that way. Uh, and actually, our strength here is focusing on uh, some niches. So, you know, we've got this traffic AI uh, niche, and it's, it's uh, you know, we specialized in that. So um, uh, be- we're building uh, bit by bit those smaller systems, um, and we are uh, still quite flexible as a, let's say, startup, but we are not so small, like a single uh, Houdini uh, guy or girl who is trying to put together stuff. Because we've got like a uh, 50 people on board. Uh, we uh, we've got connections to to uh, those people who are willing to pay for our uh, products, our services, our uh, experience. Because we work with uh, active. We work with. You know, some publishers uh, and so on. So uh, in-house, we also can sell that. And this is, I know it's like a commercial talk and so on, but this is really important to do something what market actually wants, right? No, because no, I, can... I,
0: I completely support it. Please talk more about the business because <laughs> we are uh, we are in this area where there are a lot of creative people and uh, sometimes they forget that uh, you actually need to go and sell it. So please yeah. continue more about that
1: so you know this is something so common uh, also on the polish industry you know it, this is this is really interesting because on the polish stock market market there is like a 50 maybe even 60 companies connected to gaming right now uh, on polish stock market it is bigger in that case uh, from uh, tokyo stock exchange london stock exchange so we in the you know amount of the companies the number of the companies we are the biggest stock market here in Poland but a lot of companies are thinking that way okay we will just create a um, uh, pro- product and then it will it will just sell and then we will have money to to develop next product and you know the gaming and not only the gaming you can always slip a bit right the gaming is hit uh, um, driven uh industry, so if you don't hit that hit, you are ending up with you know with talented people who work on some project for like a two years for for example, and you sold like a ten thousand copies and but you need to be prepared for that so that's why we we're trying to diversify right so we've got this um, uh, the simulation um, uh, part of the company we got our founding last year to be able to create our own game on our own terms. we working with publisher, and we are quite, uh, you know, happy with the cooperation and what we are doing together out of this co- cooperation. Uh, so we're trying to di- diversify because, uh, you know, this is the uh, tough, tough market gaming industry, and uh, uh, you need to be prepared and have plan B, plan C, and especially if you are a public company uh, like we right now still at the at the very beginning of of our path because we want to you know grow bigger and do better projects and so on but still we're trying to diversify not putting all on the on the one thing because it's risky right
0: yeah and i also want to applaud you for
1: kind of the decision
0: that when you're building games you build it in a certain niche right we see a lot of examples where um Paradox and a bunch of other publishers where they concentrate on a certain niche and they keep kind of pushing in that niche. So I know how to do like turn-based like global strategies. And I keep just doing that. I know the market better. My players know me better. I have my own launcher. I have my own platform. I have all that data. So it's kind of like this, like a money ball, right? So you know, you have all that stuff and it's easier for you to go. The same with simulators, because you know the market, you know how it works, you know, what are like the the pitfalls, you know, what the the, the players expect. So it's easier for you, I guess, to kind of go in that niche and work there and build a product that's going to be successful. Because as you said, I mean, video game market is amazing. There's a lot of stuff going on there, but it's incredibly unpredictable. And I'm sure... If you had those conversations with VCs and um, you had those conversations, right? So they would ask, oh, no, I mean, nobody wants to invest in video game companies because they have no idea what's going, you know, where they're going to get. Everybody's like, that's why there are so few, like, actual VCs who are actually doing investment in video games. and the,
1: yeah, and this is you know this is amazing on the Polish market because of the success of all of those companies you you know you know CD project right yeah. You've, you know Techland, there yeah. is 11 bit studios and there is you know a bunch of other companies that are uh, not on the front uh, pages but uh, they are quite big and you know they, they are uh, doing a really amazing job And after let's say 10, 15 years of having yeah. an environment like that, you actually have people who earned money on gaming and now are willing to invest in the gaming because they know it. Mm -hmm. And this is like a smart money, right? Because you can people, you have, this is only, you know, the only industry in Poland that works that way. It was Mm -hmm. probably by luck at the very beginning and and by persistence of of the initial, you know, creators from City Project and so on. Uh, So now we've got this environment growing uh, where The stock market is quite open for the gaming uh, Mm -hmm. companies. The valuation of the gaming companies, it's, I would say, um, higher than the other companies. There is a -hmm. little bubble, I would say. But it it, it is supported uh, by the success of the other companies that actually got to the valuation that was a a bit too high. right? So you've got environment, you've got money here in Poland to, to do it in the right way, and if you have arguments like we uh, have, right? So we, uh, we've we got uh, um, incomes. We are not like a classic startup that, you know, when there is income, you are end because you need to show uh, investors the income and they evaluate you based on the income. So we are generating income. We are, we've got uh, this technology in our niche. And uh, uh, talking about the niche, what you mentioned, uh, the one thing that that we sometimes um, you know, talk about inside the the company you know city project they've got night city and uh, you know i believe cyberpunk is a really cool game they there was some mistakes on the launch and so on but you know uh, at the end on the pc it's a really cool game and they've got this big uh, living city and they've got uh, like ai for cars there and i believe our ai is better than that because we were focusing you know only only uh, on this part of the system for a, quite a long time, we tested it on these autonomous cars and we tested it uh, in the simulators and now we are uh, adapting it for, you know, for gaming, and uh, obviously the, it need, needed some adaptation, but we were able to do it quite fast because the system is is flexible. So as you said focusing on that niche we just we won't throw it away after the, this project this this you yeah. know our mm-hmm. tools we'll just build the stack that we can uh, grow and grow so it will make much more easier for us to create the next game the game could be in the same budget could be bigger more interesting uh, and so on so yeah focusing on that niche on this vehicle simulation you know, we call it premium in this simulation because we uh, you know we've got like a, we're working on the games that that the budget is um, uh, 1 million euro one week one and a half million euro something like that uh, so this is something we, we uh, and it, as you said in unreal uh, unreal allows us to do much more than, than than unity here as you said both companies doing a great job in the, I would say if we uh, Created mobile games, probably Unity would be uh, a first yeah. choice, right? But here, real worlds, uh, r- real series, uh, real data, uh, world, virtual world that mini- mimics the the real world. This is something that, that Unreal is much better, and we are focusing on being great at, at that. And I,
0: I have a lot of questions about like the the traffic AI and uh, especially in your journey in the. With VC's and stock market and the Polish industry in general, I think it's amazing. I can talk for hours about it because we, we, I know a lot of guys from Poland. And um, but I, you have another project which is very interesting. It's like I think it's called CGI system. And uh, could you talk a little bit more about that and explain what it does?
1: Actually, the CGI system is like a, a cover brand for. Uh, all of ours, our generators that uh, provide, uh, uh, you know, CGI. We also did some uh, special effects, uh, as it's called, right? VFX, uh, VFX, uh, and, and so on. This is this was also part of the CGI. Uh, but the, uh, you know, movie industry is, is, I would say, quite tougher than even the, the gaming industry. So we let it slide a bit. We focused on this uh, real-time... Uh, generating not pre-rendered uh, and this this is something that we are focusing on uh, right now so yeah this CGI is we we've got a huge experience that you know mm-hmm. uh, generating particles and uh, still using Houdini for that that was a huge part of our learning curve uh, uh, back then but right right now we mostly focus uh, on this uh, real-time uh, uh, engines and real-time uh, generation and it uh, moved from CGI being pre-rendered to CGI that could be used in the games, like a uh, environment, like uh, uh, you know, with with those generators. So it, it adds foliage, it adds uh, erosion, and so on. So each time we in something new, which makes our work quicker and and more effective. So I'm I have a question. So if you
0: look at the like at the development of visuals in games, like you can see real strides in the last like five, seven years, right we, I think with the introduction of PBR, you, you if you've seen like a huge leap in like the uh, the way the game looks. and then now you have all those generators that did you produce and a bunch of other companies are doing and uh, they are they're, they they launched like AI powered. Tools like I think Nvidia is very big on this front because they want to sell more of their cards, so they kind of apply them and add the new features on them. So you would buy more because, as their CEO said, like when you say when you buy more, you save more. <laughs> <That's what> it's, <laughs> it's still, yeah, but my question is, like, what do you see? Uh, are, are, like the, the, the main directions, like the main territories where. Like computer real-time graphics is gonna go in the la- next seven years. Like, what what are the areas where, if you're a student, or like if you're a young developer, what do you want to study more? Where do you where do you think like the next ball is gonna drop?
1: If, yeah, that's that's quite an interesting question because, as you said, you know those two words uh, are on the collision course, right? Because we've got these uh, real-time engines which are much more flexible, and uh, uh, you can check, uh, redone, redo, try it again, and it gives you possibility to interact with the uh, environment. But still, if it's not pre-rendered today, it looks like not real, right? With this pre-rendered uh, uh, stuff uh, in the um, VFX industry, in the movie industry, it you can at at this point you you know can call where, where's the difference sometimes right because it's it's so good it's still gonna take some time but I would say the real time engines are also the future for for the movie industry and so on uh, probably I, I I wouldn't dare to guess where it end up if it's gonna be like uh, you, you know uh, motion capture and having faces of actors. Uh, uh, and so on and putting them in real time on the because it's it's it can be done right now it's still not perfect uh, technology or we can mix those sense we will make um, uh, mixed reality uh, uh, the, the director cameron uh, you know when they shoot they were shooting avatar uh, he had this technology that they developed uh, which showed him in real time how the scene looks like it was pretty crappy technology because it was like a 12 or something like uh, yeah, years ago mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but yeah. you know that the, the uh, uh, progress here is is uh, getting uh, quicker and quicker actually uh, people who are working on uh, vfxs looking inside quite quite deeply in those um, uh, 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 real time engines um, there is polish company um, uh, called uh, 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 jesus they are big. Uh, okay. Oh, oh man, my friend will will kill me because I wanted to talk about you right now, and I forget the um, Plathich image. Of course. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. image. They they were working on a bunch of um, great stuff. They were uh, uh, nominated for, for Academy Award for an Oscar for a short movie they did like a ten years ago or something like that. Uh, and right now, this is pretty funny because uh, they are still focusing on the creating special effects for movies, but also they said in the strategy they would like to move a bit to the gaming industry as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the people who are creating great CGI for movies are trying to build their muscles in the, uh, in the uh, gaming industry, let's say. So for me, it's a clear sign, because they are on the market for 20 years, maybe even more. Yeah. There is a clear sign that the, the collision here is going uh, to happen at some, some point. So I would say if you are a, a student and you would like to work on the 3D graphics, definitely the uh, real-time engines is something what you would like to pursue, the, the real-time um, game engines like Unreal or Unity. Mm. And something what allows you to generate, um, uh, as you said, uh, um, um, in, in a, a procedural way. So Houdini is something great and, uh, uh, in this matter. And you can connect it. It works together quite nice. So at some point, probably it will start moving to these to this, uh, gaming engines. But yeah, sometime needed uh, still. It's, uh, I, I think maybe in the future,
0: it's all going to be like one, two because Epic is already, like, kind of like, uh, the uh, acquiring all the companies that are doing everything. They have, like, scans, which they can right. build environments, and they can do, like, they have um, Metahuman, right, which they also bought, right, so they now have this you know, realistic character construction set. So, the last thing they need, they need to buy uh, effects and then they will have, like, the whole package, and then, you know, who knows who it's happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're probably oh. you're probably right, and you know, for gaming, the realism is also something that that is uh, demanded, you know, these days. So yeah. definitely, the the uh, direction is the same, right? Realism. And it's and becoming realism. cheaper,
0: and it's becoming cheaper. Exactly. To do. I think it's right. even it's more expensive to do a stylized game right now than if you do uh, like a realistic one, because you can just download, you know, the assets and everything, put it like in like you said in the Houdini just paint the biomes, and you, you populate everything. It's just like, bum and it's ready. Like, yeah, and then you need to just hire an artist to kind of, like, do some vistas and all that. Yeah, exactly,
1: stuff. exactly. You know, we, we tried to, we, we made, uh, uh, like, it was like R&D project. We have a video of a real uh, train track. Uh, we took the one from Prague because it, it, it was quite nice from uh, for our purposes, and we recreated it. Uh, using our um, systems that can uh, uh, procedurally created it, and then put like a two weeks uh, of uh, level art and uh, level design uh, uh, there. And if I showed you, uh, you know, some exact places, it would be totally difficult to tell which one. And it was in Unreal Engine. Which one is CGI and which one is real world? I, I tested it on my wife, and and she said, "Yeah, this one is definitely CGI because uh, <laughs> because it's the weather. Even if it's big, it's still nice, you know the the
0: wow.
1: uh, <laughs> you know like like um, uh, uh, sky and so on. So, okay. but you know the the pictures. Uh, uh, it was half seriously, obviously, because the pictures were really really co- close to each other. Obviously, it was one frame or a couple of frames when you got that feeling when it's in movement." Uh, uh, it, it changes a bit, but you know this is the beginning, right? We we've got like a, it's we, we're not ending here. With with uh, Epic is doing an amazing job, as you said, with this uh, buying companies and putting it all together to creating uh, real worlds. And as you said, it's it's probably easier to create the real world than than No yeah. Man's Sky, for example, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Which is also procedural, by the way. It's, a, it's right, right, also procedural. That's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, sure. So, I think, like, to kind of wrap up, um, I have another question, like, the the last one, probably. So, you mentioned, like, the, the kind of movie industry and the video game industry. They're kind of colliding. And um, they're colliding both, both like, in terms of, like, the demand because the younger generation, they want to play more games. But I think there's also this under, underlying thing where the management systems and the the way that we approach film and the uh, games are different. And while movie industry is still like hit driven as as you mentioned. And it's just kind of growing bigger and bigger. And if you look at the at the market, there's like one company, Disney, right now, right? And it controls like, I don't know, like 60, 70% of the whole box office. And they are using older management systems, right? So they are applying kind of like the older templates that serve them well right now and in games you have a lot of very young companies like if you look at the cd project for example which are growing tremendously which are building these amazing experiences and uh, at the same time they're flexible and so on and so so my question is like from from the business perspective and from the management perspective what were like your biggest kind of lessons that you learn, like the the biggest thing that you kind of, when you combine this tech approach and creative approach, like w- what are the tools that let you guide these this ship, right, and uh, make sure that it stays afloat
1: and at the same time you know where to go. So how do you how do you manage that? Sure, um, you know I I'm more from the let's say startup industry. I started. Uh, uh, doing stuff and so on and you know i, I was uh, always looking to the silicon valley because uh, you know that's the the uh, the main place in the world when you are talking about startups so all, all of the uh, agile um, uh, approaches all of the technology that can be used in the really agile way and uh, you know the, the way of creating products the the way of innovating the histories of the companies and so on so this is probably not only me but that's the the gaming industry the bunch of people uh, who are trying their, their best they they are experts in their fields and they you know just testing just trying to figure it out what is the best for the uh, best approach for the game that that they creating and so on and from the second perspective you mentioned Disney um, and and uh, I will also mention Pixar which is now a part of the Disney uh, but Ed Catmull, uh, the, the one of the creators of Pixar, uh, had uh, 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 wrote the book called Creativity Inc. And the book is so amazing because you know when I uh, read really it, cool. it was like, man, you are just talking about the gaming industry. You know, it's yeah, they yeah. were uh, really heavy in the technology from the very beginning. So yeah, obviously they yeah. did pre-render, but you know the the basic stuff that is like a common right now in three D CGI, it was done by by Ed Catmull and and the guys around him back then in nineties or eighties even. So it was super cool to read that book and and say, okay, we've got quite similar problems here. So as you said, those um, uh, we are using. Um, uh, uh, the the management uh, techniques that are definitely from the uh, t- technology companies from the startup companies and so on agile uh, scrum sprints uh, burning charts uh, story points uh, you know different for programmers different for uh, art department because it works quite um, um, different we've got uh, you know um, epics we use jira and so on so everything what can be Uh, taken you know the best from the technology companies we we are taking that and at the same point we're trying not to lose creativity and this is something which which can be learned from the maybe not movie but 3d movies uh, uh, industry like disney like pixar and the stories it's not uh, easy right it's not so simple to to do it that way uh, but uh, um, uh, you, you can mix that. Uh, trying to figure out, there is, uh, you know, the young young people who are creating games and young people who are creating startups are eager to share the knowledge. You've got a lot of uh, good stuff in the in the web. You've got great uh, books about agile. There is uh, agile in web development, uh, even the, the really good book and so on. So we're trying to adapt all the newest stuff. Uh, um, um, to the to the design thinking and so on to the creating games. So the tech, because we are technology company, it's 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 obvious. But from the other perspective, we also telling the stories, even if it's the story is quite simple, or we are creating words and the words need to be fun for players. So I believe at some point, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie industry is like a more than hundred years uh, old, right? Something like that. So they, are, they have their status quo. They know what, what is uh, working. They know what's not working. Obviously, they've got this, this disturbance of COVID uh, uh, last year, so they need, needed to change the, um, and the, the uh, channels to, to deliver the, their goods. But they would need to transit, transit on, on some level. They would need to transform uh, to be more technology companies. I believe so. So those companies who will manage to do that, and that's why probably Disney acquired Pixar because they they were much more technology company that they yeah. than Disney back then <clears throat> so yeah the the movie companies will be probably the technology companies as well, or mm-hmm. if they you know wouldn't manage to do that uh, we will be those movies companies yeah, like the gaming are... industry yeah,
0: yeah, I think uh, we we will ended uh, this conversation with a quote from SAFE where when you do like a study in SAFE and you do like the seminar, they say like any any development is software development right now, right? So that's why SAFE works so well. Anyway, exactly. Martin, it was uh, amazing talking to you. I had a lot of fun. So we um, would love to do another conversation, maybe somewhere down the line when you have more time and so on. But uh, we'll leave the links to the description and everything, and uh, to the video and to the podcast. So, you could, uh, everybody's interested, can go on a website and learn more about Studio, maybe shoot you an email. If there are some young engineers who want to work in this field, please go work with Marcin. I'm sure he'll be happy to hire you guys. Definitely.
1: Definitely. So, thanks for having me. And take care. Take care. Bye bye. See you.
0: Bye bye. See you. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80-Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80-Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv slash RFP and share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.